98.7 FM, Arizona's sports station. Burns and Gambo starts now. now. Straight up to the claw. On this Thursday afternoon, good afternoon, and welcome into today's edition of the Burns and Gambo Show here on 98.7 FM Arizona Sports Station. We are live from the Auction Community Studios. My name is Dave Burns, alongside the one, the only, John Gambadoro. Hello, Gambo. Burnsy, what's going on? Uh, Thursday, we got our one and only baseball postseason game is on right now. Seattle's beating Houston by a score of rain, two rain to out today? one. Rain out today between the Yankees and the Guardians. They won't play tonight. Damn. So, Damn. And it's an off day for the National League. Go Padres. Good job. Yes. Good job, Bo Mel. Yeah, Bo Mel with that, using that bullpen wisely. Yeah, bullpen but he wisely. took you Darvish out of that game. Big double play in the seventh inning that might have been the play of the game. Oh, that was great. great. That was a huge play. And, and then, Cronenworth. Uh-huh. And Korea, Cronenworth big run. big home run. Mm-hmm. So that series tied up 1-1. Let's go, Padres. And uh, Kyle Wright pitched very well for Atlanta. That series is tied 1-1. And now we'll see if Seattle can tie this thing up. One one, and if they do, I, I mean, there's a very, <laughs> there's on, a very Seattle. Arizona Cardinal implication here because if they do win today's game and it's just in the top of the fifth, then the Cardinals will play 90 minutes later. That's how Robbie Sunday. Ray roaming up in a bullpen is it? I'm just teasing. I'm teasing. It was a tease. I, seriously, you will not That's see Robbie Ray in today's game. No. I, I would, I would bet. A car payment that Robbie Ray does not pitch in today's game. I could be wrong. I've been wrong about stuff like that before. I don't think we'll see him. Let's weigh in on our top story of the day here on the Burns and Gambo Show. Burns and Gambo, the weigh in. Brought to you by Revitalize Weight Loss. Out on top, Cook. Over on the left side, they go inside, knocked down. Stealing the ball is Washington. Here he comes, six seconds left. Five, four, three, two, baseline, 15-footer, no. Tip him, Biombo, no. Game's over. Brother, <laughs> oh boy! Would you be upset with me if I told you I was actually watching that at that time? Would I be upset with you? Yeah, no. A preseason game that nobody was playing in. Oh, no, no, I wouldn't. <laughs> but that time the baseball was just about over, and I'm like, I'm gonna watch the Suns. Uh, I wouldn't be upset with you at all. Yeah, no. I see Washington take it to the baseline, stop, fade away, misses the shot. Bismack Biombo tries to push it back in, and it just and uh, they lose. Yeah, no, I mean, uh, I I also wouldn't be mad if you if you chose not to pay that much attention. Of the game, given that there was no Chris Paul, no Devin Booker, no Mikel Bridges, no DeAndre Ayton, Nobody no played. Landry Shamit, no campaign, no Cam Johnson, no Dario Sharage. I, mean, I wouldn't blame you if you didn't watch it, but I'm not gonna, I'm not gonna hold it against you. Yeah, if I, you was did. Watching, I was watching the watch end of it. it. I was watching the end of it. It's see if they could pull it out. Preseason game finale. It was a very entertaining game. I mean, for a preseason game where nothing's on the line and nobody played, at least nobody played from the Suns. It was very. You heard Al. He was he fired was up. Right? He was excited. Yeah. You know, the fourth quarter was a lot of fun, and Al was really into it. it was fired good up. Um, it, the question Suns fans now have to ask themselves with the season opener a week away and that preseason game, that was the last one. How much stock do you want to put into what we saw last night as it relates to Dwayne Washington? How much stock do you want to put in this preseason as it relates to a guy like Jock Landale? Right? I mean, like those. Landale did himself the most favors out of anybody on this team with the way he played. 17 points, eight rebounds, four blocks, three steals last night. So he played extremely well. Um, he's done a really good job. So I think, um, you know, you've got Ish Wainwright's on a two way contract. The kid who took the shot last night at the end of the game 
Dwayne Washington Jr. is on a two way contract. And then I, you know, I expect that, you know, that, that Landale, um, you know, has really solidified his spot as one of those top guys off the bench for sure. You know, with Tory Craig and you got Damian Lee, you got a Koji, you got Dario, got campaign. But I think Landell's probably did himself the most favor by playing extremely well throughout the four preseason games. He's, it seems like he's established himself as the backup center. Now, I, it's preseason. I, you know, can we read into it like that with the minutes? I, I don't know, but the amount of minutes, what did you tell me? He was eighth. On the team in minutes this preseason, I think was the stat he, that you sent me. I, I believe was. that was the number. Okay, yes. I, I I feel like this. If there's one, okay, what have we learned this preseason about the Phoenix Suns? All right, if we're going to frame the conversation that way, what have we learned about this team? I think number one, we sale. Uh, well, that we, 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 found we, out we, that we knew sale. that we knew that before the preseason started. The number one, we learned that we're really concerned about the scoring off the bench, but I think we knew that. I think the thing that we learned, the one thing above all others, is is that Landale has earned lots of minutes in Monty's eyes. Yes. He played a lot, and he was the backup center a lot. And for a signing who, I'll be honest, you didn't think that much of it? I didn't think that much I of it. I thought all three of those, the Lee, Koji, and Landale, were very insignificant. It would appear, based off of the playing time, that Landale's addition is very significant. That he is going to get, would you, I mean, based no, off I of think, his usage, I think he's going to get a shot. It looks he's like he's going to get a, get a shot. shot. Yeah. Yeah, he can shoot the basketball, which they like. He can post up a little bit. He's just a different type of, uh, a different type of player, um, you know, for them. And I think that he seems to be a pretty good fit as well. So we'll see how the roster plays out and whether they, you know, carry 15, they carry 13, 14, 15. Uh, if they go to, you know, I mean, 16 and 17 with the two way guys, we'll see how they play it, you know, how they play it out. I mean, Timothy Luau Cabro, I mean, he's got a shot. Landell's, you know, these guys are on non guaranteed contracts, but uh, Landell's going to be a big part of this team. Uh, you know, Ish and Dwayne being on two ways, that's really not going to affect the roster. So we'll see the decisions that get that, that get made in the next couple of days as they finalize the roster spot. Yeah, I mean, I, I, I got to, I, I don't know. I, I got to think that Ish is going to make it. Dwayne Washington Jr. is going to make it. Landell's going to make it. Leah Koji, it, 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 you know, I mean, you, Leah Koji and Craig are all on guaranteed contracts, so okay, they're gonna they're gonna make it. Yes, spots fourteen and fifteen, and then the two two way guys. Um, I, I gotta figure that Landale, Dwayne Washington, and Ish Wayne Wright are probably yes. gonna occupy three of those spots. The yeah, question- and then I think the I think TLC could make it, and then you know the new guys that just got signed in, you know Saban Lee and Adonis Arms. You know they're not they're not gonna make it. And I, we'll see if they just try to keep a roster spot open, or if they try to fill it out. And what they're going to do, and then you still got the looming Jay Crowder situation. I mean, that's a you know that's a roster spot. You know, Jay Crowder hasn't been traded yet, so I mean, that's you know he's home, but that that is a roster spot. So we'll see how that plays. And look, out. and nobody's going to sit here and pretend like we're talking about the most important parts of the roster. Okay, no disrespect to those guys. We're not talking about the most important. It's still Book. It's still Paul. It's still Aiton. It's still Bridges. It's still Cam Johnson when he's healthy. We all know that. The 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 thing is that the I keep using this word the the vibe the vibe around the Phoenix Suns right. And it's the, in every. Story. It, it, it does seem to be. The vibe about the Phoenix Suns is if that bench really is as thin as everybody fears, who among that group 
can contribute, right? Is it is it reasonable to expect that somebody out of that group will, or is it desperate to think that somebody out of that group will? And by that group, I mean Lee, I mean Akoji, I mean Landale, I mean Dwayne Washington, I mean Ish Wainwright. Is it desperate to look at that group and say, well, you know what, man, if somebody somebody could come out of that group and help out this year by giving them 20 minutes off the bench, boy, that'd be really nice. Is that dreaming, or is that an actual possibility here on this roster? No, I don't know I, the answer to that I, question. I think it's a possibility because somebody's going to have to shoot the basketball. And, you know, they seem to be confident in Landell right now. We'll see how that plays out. I still think if they do make a trade for Jay Crowder, I think whoever they get back will be a better piece than the guys that they have on the bench right now. And that guy could have a focal point. But as we talked about yesterday, the way Monty does it, it's not like, hey, five guys out, five guys in. You know, he'll take a guy out and then somebody off the bench will play with the starters. Then another guy off the bench will play with the starters. And then a starter will come back and play with the second unit in the second quarter. And so I think you can see Cam Johnson still playing with the second unit for several minutes in each half. I think you'll see Cam Johnson out there just to kind of balance it out. I mean, Monty's going to make sure that he balances it out, especially early. It's not going to be, it's not like I don't think you're going to see that whole unit out there for long periods of time together without one of the starters. I don't, I think that would be a mistake and I don't expect that to happen. No, I, I wouldn't think that's going to happen either. Um, and, and how they'll, they'll blend it and how they blend it. You're still off the bench. You're still going to count on Landry Shamit. You're still going to count on campaign. Those are going to be the two main guys that you count on as part of your second unit. Dario's role is still very, you know, in, fluid, I, fluid, mysterious, I think is the word I was thinking of. But I mean, I know what he can do. I know he can be a backup four. I know he can be a small ball five. The question is, you know, he didn't have a great offseason with the Euro it League It may stuff. take more time to come back from that it, injury. It, it, it might. We haven't seen a lot of him this preseason. He's missed the last couple of games due to personal reasons. If, if healthy and if fully engaged, Dario's a guy who I think can help, right? Dario's, I think, a guy who can stretch out that bench. I just don't know early on what he's going to be able to bring. I, I have no yeah. idea what to ask out of Dario Scharch early in the season. You I know? think he'll be a guy that you're probably going to, you might have to look to December to see him really start to get to find a rhythm and, and get, you know, consistent minutes and things like that. It might be a gradual thing coming back from a major injury like that and, you know, shaking off that rust and playing. He's, you know, he, you know, he, he, he's definitely looked a little slower. So I don't know that it takes the full year. Maybe it does, but I think more than likely he's going to need a couple of months to kind of get used to playing a lot. To that point, I think this team, maybe more than any other version we've seen the last couple of years, is going to need these first couple of months to kind of figure out who they are. Not their starters. They're all familiar with each other. They all know. But their bench, their rotations, who they use, how they use them, when they use them, right? I think all of that stuff is going to be very almost game to game, like Monty trying on a different suit, right? Like, let me try this on for size, see what this is. Oh, okay, I didn't really like that. Let me try that one on and see what that does. You know what he's got to resist? The temptation to roll those starters for too many minutes oh, totally. early totally. because he doesn't have confidence in the bench if the bench isn't playing well. You might have to lose a couple games you thought you were going to yeah. win because you need to ride the bench guys a little bit, find out what you, you know. Got. You like to bring Book back at about the six and a half, seven yep. minute mark, but all of a sudden the bench isn't playing well. The other team's on a 12 2 run and Book's back in at the nine minute mark. And you just got to resist the temptation to do that because that could, you know, that could wear guys out. Back when we come back here on the Burns and Gambo show, back when the schedule was released, if anybody had thought that Vance Joseph was going to be asked about Geno Smith and the threat that he provides, I don't think anybody would have bought it. People are buying it today. You'll hear what Vance Joseph had to say about it next on Burns and Gambo.
Burns and Gambo. Afternoons, 2 till 6, on the Arizona Sports App. Vance Joseph today, Cardinals defensive coordinator. He meets with the media every Thursday. And, uh, of course, schedule comes out for this game back in, what, May, and you're looking at Seattle and you're you're thinking, had Russell, I'm trying to get Russell Wilson been traded by then? When did Russell? Did, what, 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 did, what month when it came out? The schedule usually comes out in mid-May, like a couple weeks after the draft. And I'm trying to remember if Russell Wilson got traded before or after. It would after. have had to have been before the draft. Because the Broncos sent their first round. No, 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 yeah. but, no, no. But the schedule was... release is after the draft. The schedule yes. release is like two weeks after the draft. Did Wilson get He was traded, traded in before March. or after? He was traded, traded March? well before the draft. I don't draft. know. Oh, okay. Sometime March. in March. Okay, March. Okay. Then... Because the draft was April. Okay. He got traded well before because okay. there's two firsts, two seconds, and a fifth. And it was the first and second this year. So it, was, it had to be March. You're right. So this, okay, so you're right. Fits my setup perfectly. Okay, so here it is. The schedule comes out in May. You find out you're playing Seattle in week six. All right. You look at that and you go, who's their quarterback, right? <laughs> True Lock, Jimmy Garoppolo, Jimmy Garoppolo, Geno Smith. Uh, I mean, so, yeah. you know, somebody there, who who's a Baker Mayfield? Who's their quarterback? Joe Montana. If I had said to you back then when the schedule came out, hey, be careful, Geno Smith is going to be the quarterback of the Seattle Seahawks uh, in Week Six. Nobody, nobody would have bought it. Nobody would have said, "Oh my God, I can't believe so, Smith." So we got to hear Vance talk about how good Geno Smith is right here. Not really, you know. I didn't. I didn't watch. You know, I kind of heard the numbers, but watching him all week, I mean, he's done some special stuff. Obviously, the guy's talented, right? He was a second round pick, should have been a first round pick years ago. I mean, it's ten years now, I think. You know, so at time flies, but you know, sometimes guys sit for a while and they kind of see the big picture and they learn from the past. And he has done that. I mean, he's playing controlled. He's reading defenses, keeping plays alive. He's putting them in good plays. When you watch it, you can't say it's it's not real. It's real. I mean, he is playing his butt off. To answer your question. Yes, he is. <laughs> who sits for 10 years and then becomes the best player in the league in his position? Like, who does that? Vance. Like, is there like, is, I'd love to get an example. Who sat for, who sucked for 10 years? Somehow hung around like, how's that guy still in the league? Don't listen, there's been people that were like, do you know Gino Smith still? He is? Yeah, where is he? He's in Seattle. He's back. I didn't even know that. I thought he was out of the league. I thought he left after the Jets. There are people that didn't even know he was on Seattle. And now he's putting up all these crazy numbers. As sometimes guys sit for a Who sits for 10 years and all of a sudden, hey, I've arrived. I was great all this time. You guys just didn't know it. Like, that doesn't happen. It doesn't typically happen like that. No, it doesn't no. happen like that at all like that. And I, I, I keep thinking at some point the lights are going to come on and everyone's going to go, oh, oh, yeah, uh, Geno Smith. It, it hasn't right. happened. Yeah, right. I mean, I, I, yeah, like any minute, the party's going to end. The lights are going to come on. <laughs> He'll the, turn into a pumpkin. He'll turn into a pumpkin. Right, the clock yeah. will strike midnight. You know, you well, got to midnight, well, and after well, that, whatever <laughs> allegory you want to use, at some point it's going to happen. Everyone's going to go, oh man, Geno yeah. Smith. Do you believe that's starting? But it hasn't happened yet. Can the Cardinals please turn him back into Geno Smith? <laughs> so the Arizona Cardinals, can you please, can you please remind everybody who he really is? I, I mean, thank you. There, there was. We'll talk about this a little bit later. But our guy that we had on yesterday, Michael Sean Dugar of the Athletic. Could be Beat writer covers the Seahawks. He wrote this big story about whether Geno Smith should get paid or not. And he included some snippets of Geno Smith's throws. They were unbelievable. Dimes. I, I mean, they are I, like, dimes. On, on the run dimes. Yeah. Like down the field, 50 yeah. yards, 
perfect little window dimes. Like there's almost like an angel taking the football in midair and directing it right into the guy's hands while he's running full speed. Like, how does he throw that pass? I don't, I don't get it, man. I don't get it. I mean, Geno Smith's been, he's not been good. He has not been good his whole career. And all of a sudden here he is and he's, you know, he's having a breakout year and they're going to keep him and they're going to draft it. He even needs to draft a quarterback now because they got Geno and okay. And if you, you're always going to, I knew Vance was going to say a lot of nice stuff about him. He should have been a first round pick. He's been in this league for but, 10 years. But you know what? You have to. You have to, yeah. You ha- he's right. He's earned the right to have nice stuff said about him. He has. You know, I mean, I, I yeah. sit here and I, I still think the lights are going to come on at some point, but for now, he's earned the right mm. to have very nice things said about him because of the way he's played. And, and so who is Vance to, to deny him that? Now, when talking about Vance Joseph and talking about this defense that has been, let's be honest, I mean, the reason why they've been in these games and the, the reason why they've got a couple of wins and, and the reason why they've been able to hang around, you've made note of this. I've made note of this. We've all seen it. Vance Joseph has gotten really good the last few weeks about taking away the opposition's best player. He talked about that today. I think that's your game plan in this league. You know, you have to stop their best players first. If you don't, you probably won't win. You know, kind of sort of like the Chiefs. You know, Kelsey went off on us and we didn't win. And he made big time third down plays and big time plays in the red zone. You know, so stopping their best people is always our first task, game planning wise. And, um, you know, playing these good guys and having Murph, you know, match those guys from time to time, it helped us also. He's playing really well right now, Murph. But um, that's always our first priority. And, as far as game planning, stopping their best guy. And there you have it, because even last week I was like, who would they? He has done a, a bang up job of taking out great players outside of Kelsey. Yes. Cooper Cup completely shut down. McCaffrey couldn't run on him. Um, AJ Brown completely shut down. Completely shut those guys down. So there's been, you go week in and week out. The, the Raiders, Devontae Adams did nothing. Nothing. You know, um, so week in, week out, Vance Joseph has absolutely taken away the best player in Seattle to make me think that this week it's going to be DK Metcalf. It's got to be. No, I was just. Uh, it's it, going to be DK Metcalf. I, I'm not even sure who number two is on the list. I, I, I mean, if, if, if Rashad Penny were healthy, okay, let's have a conversation. He's not. Let's see about Kenneth Walker the third. He's going to be getting most of those reps at running back. Mm-hmm. All due respect to Tyler Lockett, it, it's DK. I mean, it, that, that's the one guy you see. Say we've take got him out to of the eliminate game. him from the game, and and the AJ Brown thing was especially impressive because, as we'll all remember, on that first drive against Philly, two AJ catches. Brown, it was like, well, it was like two, three catches, and they were all twenty yards down the field, right? And he was he was in the process of of burning Marco Wilson and burning that Cardinal secondary, and after that, they just. They just turned it off, just like a faucet. They go, okay, you're done, bye. And and that was it. He was done. He was gone. He wasn't a part of the game plan. Devontae Smith got a few catches later, but but A.J. Brown was eliminated. They were all on rollouts. They were all on like rollouts and kind of improvising a little bit and getting out of the pocket and just letting Devontae Smith use his speed to break away, um, you know, while Hurts was kind of breaking away from the pass rush. Yeah, it's DK. Uh, It wouldn't be a Thursday hearing from Vance Joseph if we didn't hear what he had to say about Isaiah Simmons, who was the highest rated player on the Cardinals defense via pro football focus on Monday. I've been proud of him again. I mean, he's he's practiced the way he's played, you know, and that's that's paid off for him. Obviously, he's a guy with big time talent, you know, but he is he's preparing the right way and it's it's paying off for him. But 
we are a better defense with him on the field, obviously. You know, and that that's shown the last three weeks, four weeks. You know, he he can make plays other guys can't make. You know, I mean, he he's a natural eraser with his length and his speed, and he likes contact. You know, so having him on the field obviously makes us a better defense. I, I was so happy to see that Isaiah had such a solid, good game last week. And we've kind of been waiting for that. You know, we've had that one week where he had 15 snaps. And then the next week, he had about 15 snaps. Although it was a higher percentage because they weren't, weren't, weren't on the field as much. And then last week, it was okay. Here. Now, now, but here's the thing for him. Now you've got to be like, okay, I'm not, I'm not going back to that. I'm not, like, that's it. I'm not. This is me. I'm playing all the time. Right. Uh, this is me. This isn't going to be a week in, week out thing. And uh, this is up to Isaiah. Because like he always says, a lot of money to be made in this sport if you could be a good football player. He's a good football player. But now you've got to show them week in and week out. The practice habits have to be good. You have to be a little bit more consistent as a player. And if that happens, then, you know, who knows? Maybe they did t- hit on these two draft picks at linebacker. When we come back on the Burns and Gambo show on this Thursday, the Cardinals are getting ready for the Seattle Seahawks. And it requires a lot of different things you got to get ready for a new running back, a quarterback that we just talked about, a defense that's been awful. We'll preview the Seattle game next on the Burns and Gambo Show. The Burns and Gambo Need to Know Twitter poll presented by Sanderson Ford. Good to have Eric back. I know everybody's happy to have Eric back in his slot. Yes, I am. Oh, as Mitch. Mitch hates we have a rough. Uh, we have a rough couple days. Mitch, he just doesn't like doing the updates. He's just really... Stresses him out. It really. Does the update stress you out? Well, it's funny because when I used to do them, I didn't have to also produce the most important radio show from two to six p.m. Right, mm. but now it's it, it's a it's a bit of a toll. Yeah, it's a I, bit of a toll. I went in yesterday yeah. to tell him good night, and then I was I was leaving, and he's like, "I'll just be so glad if Eric comes back tomorrow." <laughs> I mean, there are days where either Mitch or I are gone, and one of us is doing both, and doing both is it's, it's a little. It's a lot. I, I, it's look, a I'm not gonna lie. I hate when Bernsey's gone. Like, I'm like, so when he comes back, I'm like, I'm so happy when he comes back. Look at us. One big happy family. I am. Come like, on. you know, nothing against the guys that fill in, I, but it's just like when he gets back, I'm like, oh, I'm, a re- I'm relieved when he gets back. I don't know. I didn't say anything. <laughs> yeah. He's, well, Bernsey's happy when I'm gone. Maybe a big happy family. He's like, when he's gone, it's great when he's gone. He's awfully quiet over on my corner over yeah. here. Yeah, I miss you too. Get some turtles. <laughs> Liar! <laughs> I really miss you when you're gone. Mm. I was trying to get clickbait. Yeah, something like that. Uh, I do. I'm just kidding. I was looking for an opportunity for a laugh. Good to have you back, Eric. Good uh, to be back. Pull question for us. What do you got? Well, Roll this isn't clickbait. This is about the Cardinals and their defense, which has been impressive this season after what we thought about it in the preseason. So the question is simple. Who's been the best player Vance on the Joseph. defense? Best player. Mm. Player. Almost, Gambo. Okay. But your options are Zach Allen, Jalen Thompson, J.J. Watt, and Byron Murphy Jr. It's a notable admission on that list. It's Buda Baker. And it's not, it's no disrespect to Buda. It's just these other four players have played really, really well. I mean, Buda's been good this year, of course. I'm going to go Murph. But these other four players have really stood out. Uh, I'm going to go Murph. It's down to Zach Allen and Murph for me. Number one cornerback, but because Zach Allen's been tremendous. It's just tremendous this year. Been real good. Uh, They've all been really good. Jalen Thompson with the pick. But I would echo Gambo on this one. I think it's been Byron Murphy with the work that he's done on the wide receivers. Well, like you said, all of them have been tremendous, but the 
person that the people think have been the best? It's Zach Allen. 56.8%. Wow. Let the people decide. He's running. It's a blowout. Run 58, 56.8% are with Allen. In second place at 32.1% is Murph. And that's a blowout over Thompson and Watt, who are both sitting at 5%. All right. That's the poll question. Again, good to have you back, Eric. Uh, you can find it on the Burns and Gambo Twitter page, at Burns and Gambo. One word is where it's at. Uh, we're going to have a conversation about Seattle, and I'm going to start it with this. One of our listeners, we were talking about Geno Smith, and in the last segment, who would have thought that Geno Smith would be a guy that would keep Vance Joseph up at night trying to figure out how to stop? And you asked the question, has there ever been anything like this, any player like him who just... So he's got a good example? A really good example. Give me a hint. A give me, really give good me, example. Give me a hint. He was an MVP in the National Football League. He won the MVP award. Oh, it's not enough of a hint. Uh, he was an old man when he won the MVP award. I don't know. Rich Gannon. Oh, okay. Look, I'm looking okay. at his career right now. Okay, he was it's, mediocre for most of his career. He, for, he didn't make his first Pro Bowl until he was 34 years old. He okay. was 34 years old. He had been in Minnesota. He had been in Washington. He had been in Kansas City. Makes his first Pro wow. Bowl with Oakland wow. in 1999 when he's 34. He finishes fourth in the MVP voting when he's 35. He wins the MVP award when he's 37 years that, old. There you go. Nice example. That's a that, solid that's, example. That's it. It's a solid example like right there. If Gino is this good all year long, mm-hmm. you, that's who you, you say, okay, he's rich. Gannon. But Gannon, to the point there, Gannon had like five good years once he got good. It wasn't like a flash in the pan. No, he stayed there for a while. He stayed there. That's a good point. He got there and he stayed there for a little bit. Ryan Wisdom, one of our listeners, uh, pointed that out on social media. his hands went up, and he stayed there, and he stayed there, (laughs) and he stayed there. That's a very, very good example. Um, Speaking of Gino, let's just start there. Pete Carroll on the Brock and Salk show, as a matter of fact, 710 ESPN in Seattle. We're going to have Brock Hewitt on a little bit. Is Gino a long-term answer for you guys at quarterback? He's doing it. He's doing everything we could ask of him right now. Um, it's, it's good, too, that he's got Drew. You know, he's got Drew nipping at his heels. Every day in practice, Drew does stuff, you know, and, and you know, he's, he's, he's got good stuff going right there in support of what, uh, what Gino does. It just keeps everybody on their toes. It's just the whole thing about competition. It's good, you know, and like, that it continues to be this way. Gino's not going to sit back now. He's not going to get comfortable. He's, he, he realizes the moment and he's really going for it. He's really trying to keep things that, you know, at bay and, and, the, the, whether it's the media or whatever, you know, he's trying to do a great job with all of that. He's going to have a chance to really have a great year. And the future, I don't see any reason why he wouldn't, get, he wouldn't, you know, anything get in his way. He's physically, he's in really, you know, great shape right now. Because there's a blade. As a blade much, so he's in physically in great shape. That's a good point, though. Like he's, you know, he wants to stay here. I mean, this isn't he. Pete's saying this isn't a fluke. Like he wants to stay there, not just this year, but for the future. So, you know, Geno Smith knows he's got his doubters and people that still don't believe that, you know, that that he is is this good. So he's he, he feels like he's got to prove a lot of people wrong. There are only two starters right now in the NFL who are making less money than Geno Smith. That's Jalen Hurts, who might win the MVP, uh, and Davis Mills of Houston. Those are two day two. 
two draft picks in 2020 who are the only guys making starters who are only making less than Geno Smith. One of the questions they're starting to talk about in Seattle, do they not need a quarterback? Should they pay Geno? Too early. How you don't much have could to, Geno make? Listen, you don't have to worry about this right now. You don't have to. I know it's a good conversation to have if you're, you know, you're a fan and you're, you're looking at Geno Smith and he's playing very well and you're five games in, 17 game season. You don't have to make a decision until the end of the year. It's like you got to go sign Geno now. You could tag him. You could sign him. Like, and I don't know that how many teams would be knocking on that door for Geno Smith anyway. How many teams are going to sit there and say, that's the guy I want. If he's a free agent, I want Geno Smith. That's my guy. He's going to be 33 years old next year. So I don't know. Like, I think he's yours to have if you want him. I don't know there's going to be five teams lining up. But again, you don't have to make a decision right now. And listen, here's the other thing. Based on his age, too, you could always give him a great deal for a couple of years. Draft a kid in the first round that doesn't have to play right away. Could, yeah. You, know, you could do that. I mean, Hurts sat behind Carson Wentz. Like, you can you can still draft a guy and say, look, Gino, you're our guy for a couple of years, and but we're going to draft a kid that we think can eventually replace you. When asking a bunch of questions about Seattle, one of the other questions that Cardinal fans are probably asking is Bruce Irvin. Uh, Pete Carroll, when meeting with the media yesterday, uh, cast a little bit of doubt on whether the former Seahawk would be ready to play. He, According to reports, he reported in terrific shape for his workout. Pete Carroll did not rule out the possibility that Irvin could play for Seattle as early as Sunday, but he also went on to say, quote, this is Pete Carroll, it would probably be better for him if we didn't play him on Sunday. We'll see what happened as the week goes. Yeah, they don't want to, right? They want to give him time to get settled and get used to everything again. He's, you know, he's, it's not like he hasn't played for three years. It's that he's, you know, he just hasn't, doesn't know the system because he hasn't really played with Seattle for a while. Yeah, it, it's, it's been a while since he's been there, obviously, and he was very productive with them. How much he can add that defense. I mean, look, that defense is just hot garbage right now. And part of the reason why they're hot garbage, they can't tackle to save their blessed no. lives up no, there. According to Pro Football Focus, for the season, they've missed 46 tackles. Josh Jones is the leader with nine. Jordan Brooks with seven. Kobe Bryant with six. As your Don Alvarez just hits a bomb for the Astros to put him up 3-2 over Seattle. He's just cured on Alvarez is just killing it. Uh, 46 tackles missed by Seattle. So this is where, you know, if, you know, if you're the Cardinals, there's some opportunities. There's some yards after the catch to be had. Those yaks that's available for you. you cut, you know, make some cuts, try to force, uh, try to break some tackles. They're missing something that they could probably shore up, but they're missing a lot of tackles. And that's something if you're Arizona, you're talking to your receivers, you're running back your tight ends hey keep your eye on this you know you you know you may be able to get five six seven ten extra yards after the catch yeah it, it, they're going backwards in this regard their defensive coordinator estimated yesterday that they missed three or four more tackles against new orleans than they did the week before against detroit and that their aim is to be in the single digits five or fewer uh right now seattle is allowing the third most yards in yards after contact so your yeah. point the the yak yards right yeah. i mean that's there's I hope the Cardinals are built this week to take advantage of that with the injury situation. And by the way, I, the, go ahead. You know, I was just going to say, I should add, there was a report from Aaron Wilson, of the Pro Football Network. James Conner probably not going to play this week with the ribs injury. Right. Probably should have led the segment with that. I didn't mean to bury that, but I just right. So, you know, Benjamin, Keontae Ingram. 
and and question mark. We've got some practice squad and guys. We'll see. Yeah, two guys on the practice squad ready to go. Aaron Wilson's usually pretty good with the reports. I, I have to imagine that's legit. If he's saying James is probably not going to play, James is probably not yeah. going to play. So no no wards on injured reserve, no D will. If you don't have James Conner, it's Eno's day. We got Mitch had that poll from yesterday. We'll have to revisit that one too. That Eno Benjamin poll on how oh, many yeah, yards he's going to get. Yeah, because that one was. Oh, uh, I, what, no, we're, we're, now we're going to have to go. We set two over unders. Carries and yards if James plays. Carries and yards if he doesn't. Looks like we're going to have to go to the carries and the yards if he doesn't. We'll do that now. Okay, yeah, we'll do that a little bit later. We're giving you the chance to win tickets to see undefeated international superstar Jake Paul as he takes legendary UFC champion Anderson Silva at Desert Diamond Arena on Saturday. October 29th. Go to the contest page at ArizonaSports.com for complete details and for your chance to win. Is Madison Bumgarner on the trade block? And if he's not, how can the Diamondbacks get him on the trade block? <laughs> That's next. Burns and Gambo. Burns and Gambo. Afternoons 2 till 6 on Arizona Sports. USA Today's Bob Nightingale, friend of the show. He might even be, no, he's probably watching the game. He might even be at the game right now, but if he wasn't, he'd probably be listening to the show. Yodan uh, Alvarez murdered that ball. Yeah, he did. He's, he's murdered a couple. That's a he's, big man. He's a, he's he's a, a large man who being. hits the ball very, very he hard. He hits the ball very hard. Yeah, I, I, I know you're not a big exit velocity fan. Yeah. Exit velocity really matters with a guy like Jordan yeah. Alvarez. He yeah. hits the ball If you were driving on the I-10, that ball may land sometime in the next hour here. He, he hit it all the way here? Oh, my God. He hit it from Houston to here? Did you see here? how far he I hit that did. ball? I did. That's, that's, for it to traverse first two states is pretty impressive yeah. to go all the way over New Mexico. He got all of and it. And halfway in Arizona would be very impressive. Come on, Seattle. Come on. Mm, I know they're not. Uh, they're letting me down. <sighs> Listen, we all hate the Astros. All of us. All of us. Don't want to see them. them. We don't want to see them. I have a feeling... Kellen Olsen was asking me earlier like which team I thought was going to win it all this year and in the moment I said Atlanta if I could take it back I actually think Houston's going to win it all and that just nauseates me to even think about it I I just I'm not interested in that no zero I have zero interest in that USA Today's Bob Nightingale reported in his Nightingale's notebook column that Arizona is hoping Madison Bumgarner pitches well enough to begin the 2023 season so that they can trade him later during the 2023 season. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> we would call that a no dur. <laughs> hey, no dur. And, 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 and in related news, the Diamondbacks hope he pitches well so they can trade him. In, in related news, Gambo is reporting that Dave Burns is going to walk out of his front door tomorrow morning, look up at the sky, and hope it's blue. Yeah. Right? He's got to get up, and the first thing he's going to do is make coffee. (laughs) That's what he's going to do. Yeah, the Diamondbacks are hoping Madison Bumgarner pitches well enough to begin the 2023 season so they can, of course, of course they are. Well, I think this... We we like Bob. I'm not trying to demean Bob here, but but it's like, I I think that one didn't really require a source. I think that one's kind of like, yeah, that kind of makes sense. They've been hoping that he would pitch well since he's got here so they could trade him. The question is, how much of the contract do you eat? Is anybody, you know, interested in, in, in Madison Bumgarner? But I think the point more than anything is that the Diamondbacks really don't want to go into next season and have to count on him to pitch every fifth day. They don't trust him. They don't trust him. 
They got a really good number one in Zach Gallen, who I expect they're going to really get work hard on getting a long-term contract done. Buy out some arbitration in some free agency years. Lock up Zach Gallen. Good. So that's what I'm expecting. So Zach Gallen is your one. Merrill Kelly is your two. And they probably would like to have a different three than Madison Bumgarner. And then you've got Jamison and you've got all these other you know guys that could be you know your four, five, and then you got to go six, seven, eight. We know that, right? You just can't go five. You got to go six, seven, eight because you're gonna you're gonna use those guys. But I don't think that they want to trust Madison. Madison Bumgarner's been here for three years. He's got 15 wins. Yeah. Okay. It's a terrible signing. One of the worst, if not the worst, in the history of the organization. He's got an ERA of five. He's got 15 wins in three years. He's been a total bust, a total disaster. Yes, they would like to get rid of him, but the main reason why is to not have to count on him. They think that they can make a push for a playoff spot next year, and it'll be easier to do that if they don't have to hand that guy the ball every fifth day. No doubt. And the question to U.S. a second ago, how much of that money they're going to have to eat? What are we, $37 million? Is that That's left? about what we think is left? Yeah. I have to go back and look at it. I think it's around $37 million or so. Look, this is my opinion here. I don't know. I haven't talked to anybody about this. Even if he pitched exceptionally next year to start the season, I would still think they would have to eat some of that money. Three years is going. Yeah, you, how bad does it suck when you sign a guy to a five-year deal and you just can't wait for the contract to be over from the day well, you get and that's, him? I mean, really, when you think about it, that's the broader point here. Because this is now the second big contract they've handed out in the last five or six years yeah. where they want out of it before it's done. Yes. And, and so whatever decision-making process is going on behind talking the scenes. about Granky? Yeah, I'm talking about Granky. And, and Granky was good he when was, he was here. Right, he, he, was, was he was good. But they still wanted off the contract. They were yes. like, yeah, this is not for us. We don't. But they weren't going to win. And I know that was a previous regime who gave him that money. But the decision-making process for the Diamondbacks in terms of, because it's not like we know this. The Diamondbacks are not some organization that can afford to make mistakes like this. They can't. No. no. You miss on a salary for a guy like Mad Bum. You're paying for it year after year after year with yep. the guys that you can't go get. Yep. With the guys that you can't. And so yeah, whatever. Payroll was $100 million this year. Whatever internal process that sort of dictates who you're giving these big money contracts to, you've got to be as sure as sure can be. And I know that's hard in today's professional athletics realm. I get it. That's not easy. But you've got to be sure than the process that gave Mad Bum that money because that was a mistake. You've got to be sure than the process that gave Zach Granke that money because ultimately that was a mistake. He was just making too much money. And so whatever the process is that dictates how much money these guys get, you've got to evaluate that because you've just got that really wrong the last few times. Didn't they get screwed on a pandemic year too? They gave him $6 million in a pandemic year, then 19, 23, 23, and then down to 14. $37 million left on the contract. You know, if you, if he pitches for two months and you trade him, you'll have, you'll have taken off six, six million. Well, no, I think he makes a boatload next year. 23 million. And then his salary the year after that is 14. Is 14. But I'm saying next year, if you, if you decide to trade him just a few months into next season, you'll have taken off about six million dollars. Okay. So you take about six. So oh, now, yeah, you, you're right. okay, now yeah. it's seventeen yep. million. Now it's thirty-one million. You're going to have to eat half of that probably to get somebody to take him. But that, but he had, but here's the thing: he's got to pitch well. Nobody wants to pay Madison Bumgarner if he's not pitching well. Right. So he's got to pitch well, and then you think if he's so you, that age old problem. But you see, if he's pitching really well. Do you just keep him if you've got a team that can contend for a playoff spot? Well, or do you just like, hey, <laughs> let's cut our losses now. Get rid of them. And then there's the other alternative, which we've seen the organization do. Eat the money? Mm-hmm. Call it the Russ Ortiz sandwich. Well, yeah. The, the, the Eric Burns yeah. sandwich. Yes. Right? Those are the two. Is there yeah. another one that I'm missing? I think it's just those two. 
I thought there was three. There might have been a third, but I can't remember who. I'm sure somebody will tweet us or text I us. I think if there was three. Another. Ortiz. But Russ Ortiz is the famous one. He's right? the famous like, one. It's yeah. like, uh, and you talk about worst contracts in the history of the organization. I mean, he didn't reach the dollar figure of Mad Bum, but they that contract was awful. From the word go, the, yeah, it was so like was this uh, one. I mean, I guess so this was this one, one but but that Yasmani one. Tomas. <sighs> Don't forget about Yasmani Tomas. How much did they pay that guy? Do they eat that? No, they, no, no. They, no they he just, they, oh, you're right. He finished let in the just, minors. They That's just right. let it ride out. He, he finished in the minors. That's yeah. right. He just. Man, see, and they, again, the process. And that's the $8 million. That's not this front office. Ugh. But the, again, these, these, when, when the guys you haven't paid, you know, the Paul Goldschmidt's like, right. like, well, we can't afford to keep Paul. Yeah, because you keep, because we got Yasmani Tomas. By signing the guys like Yasmani Tomas. You know, I keep screwing up by signing guys like Zach Granke, who again wasn't that bad, but, but by the end, it just was a contract you couldn't have on your roster anymore. I, I think it's going to be almost impossible to trade Mad Bum without eating some of it. I worry if he gets off to a bad start, it's going to be impossible to trade him. And at some point, I, I, th- this sounds so pessimistic, Gambo. I almost feel like it's inevitable at some point. They're going to have to explore, do we just eat it? Are we just better off just paying them off and getting them out? I would eat it if it's like at the expense of what? And and what I mean by that is you cannot afford to have him go out there and have an ERA of five and, and get beat up every time he takes the ball if you want to contend next year. So you might eat it just to not have to have him pitch. Like, look, go somewhere else, you know, because that's the problem. Like, if you think you've got a team that can contend next year, and you'll get, you can't throw him 30 starts out there if your team's going to lose most of the starts he pitches. Nope. You can't do it. Nope, you cannot at all. When we come back on the Burns and Gamble Show, first, let me tell you that, as always throughout the show, uh, we invite you to text your thoughts to us on the FanDuel text line. You can text us. At 620-620 right now on the FanDuel text line. Text us your thoughts there, and if we get a chance, we'll read the best ones on the air. Now, when we come back, the Arizona Cardinals are not alone. They're one of many teams below 500 in the league. Their chances of turning it around up for great debate. We'll tell you what people are saying next on Burns and Gambo.